Welcome to the Signature Required Podcast. I am your host, Miss Brittany Renee, where we talk about entrepreneurship, your purpose, and everything in between. Today we have Pastor Joyce J from Worship Life Center here in Mesa, Arizona. Welcome! I'm so excited! I am. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I just thought that it was so fitting to have you after having Pastor come. And when I talked to him, I just knew that it had to be a stronger force <laughs> behind him, right? And, you know, the saying, behind every good man is a great woman. And so I just needed you to come <laughs> and share your story and and really just give that encouragement to someone because um, his testimony is so powerful. And um, I just knew that you had something really great to share. <laughs> Today, we'll be talking about your purpose in overcoming generational curses. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, we'll just hop right into right it. Into right that. into it. So, wow. if you will, um, just share a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, where you're from, and all that good stuff. All right. Well, yeah, I'm Pastor Joyce. Wasn't a pastor before. Look, <laughs> um, I'm originally uh, number six of eight kids. Okay. Was born and raised in Los Angeles. Okay. I'm a Cali girl. Okay. Okay. <laughs> my mom passed away when I was 13. Okay. Her and my dad divorced when I was five. Okay. So after, you know, she, after she passed away, then of course my dad and my stepmom raised me. I left home at 16, okay. you know. Okay. Uh, didn't have the greatest, <laughs> not the greatest childhood, but, you know, because of the hurt and pain Absolutely. that I received from my mother passing away. Absolutely. And my dad not too much being in my life, but then, of course, having to be there. Um... Let's see, so went through a lot of brokenness, a lot of pain. Like I said, I left home at 16. Okay. Uh, did a little bit of gang banging here and there. <laughs> okay, okay. And uh, I have a mother of, we have six all together between me and Pastor Stan. I have okay. four, okay. and he has two. Okay. We got 16 grandbabies. Uh, wow, <laughs> yeah, A lot family. of grandkids, yeah. so we got a pretty big family. Let's see. Um, Started out, uh, got saved at a, uh, probably at 20. Okay. I was 20 years old when I got saved. Okay. Had my first kid when I was 20 years old. Okay. My daughter, Kristen. Okay. Um, but went through a lot of brokenness in between there. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Stan is actually my third marriage. Okay. Yeah, my okay. third marriage. Wow. Uh, first husband, which is my kid's father, uh, was an alcoholic. Okay. Second husband was... Uh, drug addict, actually, okay. you know, in prison doing 30, 37 to life. Wow. And then at the time when I met Pastor Stan, uh, I was done. Okay. Before I met Pastor Stan, I was, I was done. Yeah. I was yeah. done with relationships. Yeah. I was like, I'm cool. It's just me and you, Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through a lot of uh, abuse in those relationships, mm-hmm. okay. some physical abuse mm-hmm. in those relationships verbal abuse in those relationships, mm-hmm. but it's because I didn't love me. Mm-hmm. So I allowed those things to happen. Mm-hmm. But at the time when I met Pastor Stan, um, I was in the process of God teaching me how to love me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 
like I said, I know my relationship with Pastor Stan was definitely God-ordained yeah. because I was done. Wow, wow. <laughs> and then, of course, he always says that uh, I pursued him, <laughs> but he really pursued me. Yes, So yes. we met uh, at Full of Faith Christian Center. Okay. Um, I was sitting in the front row, second, it was second row, mm -hmm. because I didn't want to see nobody. I didn't want to be involved with a man. So I just stood there and I just worshiped God. Wow. And uh, he sat behind me. Okay. Yeah, he sat behind me in church. Okay. But let him tell it I was looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Um, you covered so much. I know. Right? No, no, don't be sorry. That's great. It's great. It's great. Um, because you shared you share so much and I'm, I'm thankful that you did, right? Mm -hmm. And so let's kind of go back a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, being a 13-year-old losing a mother and you, you kind of touched on, you know, that hurt and that's very traumatic, yeah. right? Yeah. And so then having to move with your father and a stepmother and just adjusting and that's not, that's not mom, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot that goes into that. Can you kind of take us back there yeah so I'm gonna go a little bit back actually my mom she died of cancer okay she was very sick okay at the time I want to say it was four of us at home yeah and so she was because she was so sick and couldn't really take care of us mm -hmm. uh, she actually left and got her own apartment when I was 11 oh. so I almost feel like we almost feel like we lost her then okay. and my dad and my stepmom moved into our house. Oh, um, yeah, I know wow. it's a very interesting situation. Wow. Yeah, and so, but she she moved close to school where I was. Okay, um, and so we would get a chance. I would get a chance to go by and see her. Uh, the last time that I went to see her is when she was, you know, discolored, and so she went into the hospital. Mm. Um, at the time, and I haven't talked about this much, mm -hmm. at the time uh, when she was passing, she was in the hospital. Uh, by that time I was 13 and we had went on vacation with my stepmom and my dad okay. uh, to Chicago. Okay. Of course we didn't want to go, but you know, you really don't have much of a say so right. when you're a kid. Right. Um, and by the time we got back, she had died. So that was one of the, probably the most hurting, mm -hmm. hurtful things mm -hmm. to have to deal with at 13. Mm -hmm, not just you losing your mom, but just not being there when she died, not being able to say your last goodbyes and, yeah. and those kind of things. So that's very hurtful. And then it causes you as a kid to be just angry at the world, mm -hmm. to be angry at, you know, uh, your father, mm -hmm. you know, because you were made to go, to be angry at your stepmother mm -hmm. and just feeling like, you know, you don't even want to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you have no purpose mm -hmm. for living. So I lived that part of my life very angry, mm -hmm. very hurtful. And then two, my dad not understanding how to deal with us, mm -hmm. even at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, uh, didn't even give, didn't really give us the opportunity to mourn. Mm -hmm. So when you hold on to that mm -hmm. for so many years, that brokenness, that hurt, mm -hmm. that pain, mm -hmm. you know, and just not caring about anything or anybody right. at that time. It, right. it's, it's, it's very hurtful. Right. And it really took the Lord to, and years, believe it or not, to be able to even deal with that, Absolutely. to go through the healing process, yes. you know, because you begin to suppress 
all that so stuff sweet. and not understanding. So at the age of 16, like I said, I did leave home because we end up moving okay. uh, from L.A. to the Valley. Okay. And I just lived. I, like I said, I didn't. Like I didn't care about anything or anybody, mm -hmm. so I was very rebellious. Mm. Yeah, everything they told me to do, you did the opposite. I did the opposite. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I actually didn't get my high school diploma until I was probably thirty-seven years old. Oh wow! Because I did bad in school. Okay. You know. Okay. So I didn't graduate on time. Okay. Um, but uh, when I did move out and move with my older one of my older sisters, I got straight A's. Wow, so yeah. the structure. So you just, just really didn't have that structure, and then you were hurting. I was hurting. So, yeah, yeah, and so just like you said, just rebelling and just kind of finding your way or trying to figure out how mm -hmm. to find your way. As or or to even woman. just get back at them. Because mm -hmm. even with the straight A's, okay. it was a get back mm -hmm. that I could show you I could do better without you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay, wow, mm -hmm. wow. And so many go through that. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, working in mental health and working with kids that are in division of child safety, a lot of the conversations sound very much like this. Mm -hmm. Right. Because when you go through those things alone, then you feel like you have to prove yourself to someone. Yeah. And then when you start to navigate through life and the life is real, you know, then you kind of start to um, engage in things where you feel like you're accepted but then you still kind of have that rebelling factor yeah, of, yeah you know doing those things and you talked about um kind of gang banging here and there how did that come about well actually it's so funny prior to even my mother passing away but being sick at the time my older siblings oh, okay well one of my older siblings was into it oh, okay um so it's kind of like you really don't have a choice. Mm. Well, one of my sisters did, but I was, you know, you, you really didn't have much of a choice. You were kind of like you had a choice to either be in it or not be in it, but I chose to be in it. Mm -hmm. um, my, one of my sisters, Leola, I'm sure she don't mind me mentioning her name, <laughs> she started out with Nine Deuce Hoover Crips, and so I became the baby sister that was a Nine Deuce Hoover Crip. Mm. And so we saw a lot, seen a lot of mm -hmm. things, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and that was part of the rebellion stage, mm -hmm. you know, or the hurting stage, even then, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, not having a, a man in the house or showing up every once in a while and just to discipline you. And you just, you know, you just uh, kind of like lost mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. Hurt, what's, what's the saying we say? Hurting people hurt people. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Did you have any um, other influences like aunts or uncles or? any type of mentors in your life at that time of losing your mom and then that transition between your dad? Um, I do have to say I had one. Okay. Um, she was my gym teacher hmm. at, at my middle school, Okay. Uh, Miss Moore. Okay. I still talk to her today. Okay. And she was actually at my mother's funeral wow. when I was there to, uh, to kind of comfort. Uh, but then I, at some point we did lose touch. We did lose touch once I moved away. Mm -hmm. We kind of lost touch because, you know, you're a kid. She's a teacher. Um, but we did have a connection. That was probably the only mentor. Other than that, no. Other than that, no no other mentors, no other uh, person to kind of look up to, to confide in. Mm -hmm. You know, we were hoping uh, that our older sisters, 
mm-hmm. would have stepped in. Mm-hmm. And that's something we dealt with even later, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't think about it then. You know, at 13, you're like, you're my older sisters. You guys are grown. Come get us. Yeah. Come save us. Yeah. And that's one of the things that oh. me and one of my other sisters, who's a year older than me, mm-hmm. we looked for. Mm-hmm. We looked for them to rescue us. Mm-hmm. But not understanding, of course, we understand now mm-hmm. that they had families of their own. They were young, too. You know, they were like 22 and 21. Mm-hmm. So how were they going to take care of us, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um so in that transition of of moving out at 16, how long was it before you got married? I was 20. Okay. When I got married. When you got married. To the kid's father, yes. Okay. That was my first marriage. Okay. Yeah. And then how long did you stay married then? Uh, probably I might have been 30. I don't even think I was 30. Okay. Yeah. But it was some years. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That's wrong. I was probably 27. Okay. 27. Okay. Because my oldest was seven years old when I left him. Mm, so 27. Okay. okay. And how how did that affect your children when you left and just kind of going back to, you know, the patterns? Because that's kind of what I'm starting yeah. to see, right? Yes, yes, and yes. And so you, you have these patterns. How did it affect your children? Uh, tremendously. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it affected them uh of course in a negative way because mm-hmm. i was still broken mm-hmm. and so my you know people have addictions sometimes we think of just drug addictions mm-hmm. but my addiction was a man mm-hmm. i had to have a man in my life no matter what because of the emptiness of probably not having my father there yeah and not loving me yeah that i had to have a man in my life right. so i went from that relationship to another broken relationship and of course, when you are addicted to something or someone, mm-hmm. you neglect everybody else. Yes. They're not first. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. You, you, you neglect them in some way because this thing is more important to them. So in that way, even though they were in the house, the man was more important at the time than they were. Mm-hmm. You know, I still provided for them and those kind of things, mm-hmm. but they weren't number one. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't, they weren't priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they were hurt in the process. And even with, during the, after the divorce, mm-hmm. um, he wasn't really their father. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really in their life right. the whole time. Right. So all they had was me. And there was some at some point in time where my ch- some of my children became my security blanket. Mm. So all the emotions that I had, mm-hmm. I poured onto them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so how did you transition? Because, you know, then you got married again. And got married got, again. You got divorced. That was even worse then... than the first marriage. Okay. okay. Um, and that affected uh, my children mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh because of the things that they saw me go through, mm-hmm. uh, the abuse mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. Um, and just dealing with so much so that affected them in a, in a, in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my daughters is still going through the healing process mm-hmm. of, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's probably another story wow. for another time uh-huh. because it was an attempted mel- molestation mm-hmm. on her oh, wow. through my second husband. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so so what I see, it, it just as women, right, 
No one gets a blueprint on how to be a mother. Mm-mm. No one gets a blueprint on how to be a father. You just try to do the best that you can. Right, right, and, right. And learn as you go. Right? right. And so in my book, you know, that I have, yes. Putting on Face, um, it was someone who pointed out the patterns for myself. And I have a great father. I mean, a great father, provider, protector, all those good things. But he's human and no one's perfect. Right. Right. And so a lot of the things that I've seen him and my mother go through, you know, from the infidelities and different things like that, it affected me. And it affected me similar to what you said, you know, when I would get into relationships with men. It wasn't that I never seen my father be abusive or anything like that. I just didn't know how to be loved correctly. Right. Because I seen the hurt. And unfortunately, um, I know that as crazy as it sounds, we look at all the good things. And then when the hurt comes, we hold on to those things that hurt us. Right. right? And so I started seeing these patterns that I started going through with the men that I started to choose, you know, and it was because I felt like I, I wanted to be in a relationship, but again, I didn't know what I should be expecting or how a man was supposed to love me correctly. Right. And so with my mom, you know, she wanted to make sure that we had a father and she had a father and her parents stayed married. And I'm sure there was a lot of things that went on there but as a parents, you just do the best that you can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And sometimes we feel that we're protecting our kids by staying in a relationship sometimes right. and we're really not and vice versa. Right. Mm-hmm. Like staying could be detrimental and leaving could be detrimental. Right. And so you just never know how someone is going to be affected by that. Which brings me to you saying that your daughter is now going through, you know, this healing process and all that. And so talking to Pastor Stan, you know, I'm like, he's telling me his story. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, how can someone be with someone and deal with those things and be as strong? And that's why I have to have you on the show (laughs) because I'm like... It had to be, you know, the things that you went through to help you navigate through even, you know, some of the struggles that he had and to be that support system for him. Yeah. yeah. So um, kind of jumping because I know we can just kind of dive into, <laughs> dive into that, but just jumping into um getting married to him and knowing that that was your soulmate and just kind of going back over some of the things that he shared with me, you know, and, and that was a choice, right? That was his choice of, you know, the things that he went through and, and then meeting you and, you know, still going through some of those things at that time and coming from a broken, you know, place and trying to heal and, And we'll talk about, you know, just surrendering and and getting into church and how you did that. Because a lot of the times I feel in ministry, everyone has some type of story, right? Yeah. You have some that get on their high horse and they don't want to tell nobody. (laughs) And we we deliver, right? (laughs) And then you have individuals like yourself that are just real and authentic. And I believe that those are the ones that need to share their story with everybody because there's so many people going through and they get in these dark spaces and places and don't know how to overcome. And then you look up and somebody didn't commit a suicide and you like, 
what happened? Right. You know, you know, they looked like they were happy and not knowing that they just never healed from the pain or the hurt or even what they're going through. Yeah. So can we talk about that transition? Yes. To, to yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, God is amazing. Yes, he is. Um, pro again, I think I talked about how prior to mm -hmm. um, connecting with Pastor Stan, I was done. Yeah. Um, in that process is when the Lord began to teach me about loving myself. Mm -hmm. um, because when you don't love yourself, you allow those things to happen. Yeah. And what happens is that we, as believers, is we suppress those things. We say, oh, I'm blessed, I'm, I'm this, I'm this. Yeah. But instead of dealing with it, we suppress it. And so I knew at some point that why do I keep going through these vicious cycles, the two marriages, and I'm done. And at that time is when the Lord began to speak to me and say, hey, I need you to look into the mirror, tell yourself that you love you. And of course, in the beginning, I was like, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. Right. So I began to do that daily mm -hmm. to tell myself I love me. So when I got into a place of meeting Pastor Stan, which was really something because I was so focused on God, I never saw him. I never paid him attention. And he had been going to that church for some years. Mm. And one day, uh, he's walking up to the pulpit to read a scripture. And, I, and he's coming back. And I'm like, hmm. But it was a different kind of, hmm. <laughs> now let him tell her to think, he'll say, because I thought he was fine. <laughs> but it was a different, it was almost like a familiar spirit. Okay. Which tripped me out because I was like, okay, what was that all about? Mm -hmm. And then I had a dream and I saw myself at the altar with him. Wow. I was like, I don't even know this guy. Wow. So one day we begin to talk after church. He said something to me. We begin to talk. And I said, oh, my God, I think I have a crush on this guy. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, but I don't want to, Lord. Yeah. I, I'm good. I don't want to be in a relationship. Yeah. I'm good. So we get into this. We, we start talking. And the Lord revealed to me right away that he was my husband. Mm. And, I was, and that's when I said, no, I don't want a husband. I don't want this. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm just at a point where I'm okay with loving me and being me and being okay and not having to have a man validate me. Right. So um, we began to talk, uh, and it, it went pretty fast. Like he said, he probably told you that he got the rings after two weeks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the process of that, he wasn't using mm -hmm. at that time. Okay. And then after we, I think right after we got married, he began to use mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. And me still being in a broken state and not completely healed, yeah. the first thing I did was I would, I would go looking for him. Oh, wow. I would go look, but I was ask God, yeah. Holy Spirit, show me where he is. Yeah. And every time the Lord would always show me where he was. Really? Every time. Every time. Wow. And I would go looking for him. And, and he probably told you about all the programs, I'm fast forwarding, that he had been in, yeah. been in and everything, yeah. and how they would hire him. I don't know if he told you that part, but they would hire him. In the at, program. At the program. Oh, my goodness. And I would be so mad. <laughs> I would literally be so, I, said, I can't yeah. believe that these people are hiring him when yeah. he's got this issue and he's got this problem. And, yeah. you know, what I did and what, 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 what helped me in this process was com prayer, mm. prayer and com complete surrender. Mm. Like I said, I would go looking for him and everything. And one day the Lord told me, stop, stop going to look for him. Wow. Stop going to look for him. So I stopped going to look for him. 
And I got into a place where the Lord had just told me not to look to the left, not to look to the right, but stay focused on him. Mm. And I said, okay. During this time, um, I was involved in a women's ministry mm-hmm. and, and that uh, called Sisters of Deborah. But during this time, the Lord had spoke to me at one point. I, I don't know if he told you this part. He had told me to separate oh. from Pastor Stan. Okay. I was like, wow. separate? Why would I do that, Lord? He said, I'm not telling you to divorce. I'm telling you to separate. But I'm like, okay, Lord, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Wow. And I didn't. Wow. And there was three different people that came to me and told me to separate. Mm. And one of the reasons that the Lord had had me separate, I thought it was so that he could get himself together. Mm-hmm. But it was so that I could hear from God mm. because he had become a distraction mm. to where I wasn't able to hear from God. Wow. So that part of it was for me. And yeah. we separated, I want to say, almost a year. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. wow. To the point where... He, I mean, the Lord had me so focused on him to the point where Pastor Stan would call me on the phone mm-hmm. and I would ask the Lord, do I answer it or don't I answer? Mm-hmm. And if you want me to answer, I need you to give me what to say. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, would, when he would tell me, I would say what he told me to say and I would hang up. Wow. That's how that was. Wow. Because I didn't trust me. Yourself, yeah. You have to your know flesh. yourself mm-hmm. and you have to know your weakness. And remember what I told you my weakness was, yeah. was men. men. But yeah. as I began to learn to love me yeah. and, and, and that time of separation yeah. was such an amazing thing that I was able to hear from God. Wow. And so that's when it got to a point once Pastor Stan came back that I learned to just stay on my face before God mm. and listen to God. And then I got this book one day uh, at our church. Mm-hmm. It was by... Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Bridget Hilliard, okay. Ivy Hilliard's wife. Okay. Um, and it was called uh, My Thoughts Over Victorious Confessions. Mm. And what I began to do is to confess the word over Pastor Stan mm. daily. I would confess the word. Mm. And the Lord would tell me that every time that he came back, because he would leave, come back, leave and come back. Mm-hmm. And he told me every time he comes back, he says, I need you to treat him like he's never been gone. I said, you got me kidding. Wow. (laughs) Because I, and what I would do sometimes is I would complain. I'd be like, Lord, look at him. Look at what he's doing. I can't believe he's doing it. And the Lord told me one day, he said, you shut up. Because this is how he talked to me. Because I'm already at this our conversation. The Lord told me to shut up and do what I told you to do. Wow. That's my son. I got him. Wow. And there was a time even, this wasn't the first time he told me to shut up. (laughs) The first time he ever told me to shut up, we was living in Chicago. And Pastor Stan had come in, I think he might have told you guys the story, at 2 o'clock in the morning one morning Mm -hmm. from using. And then he would go, get in the shower, put his suit on, go to the church, and preach his (laughs) butt off. And I'd be sitting there like this, mad. Mad. I said, I can't believe this. All these people are up here just praising and worshiping God, and they all excited. He just came in in the morning, wow. and the Holy Spirit checked me. Wow. He said, I need you to stop looking at him mm. as your husband that just came in at 2 o'clock in the morning and look at him as a yielded vessel wow. onto me. Wow. He said, because if I have a word for you through him, you'll never get it. You'll never receive it. Oh. 
And that's when I began to able to look at my husband as the man of God mm -hmm. that God called him to be. And from that day forward, I began to call him man of God, mm -hmm. man of God. No matter what I saw, mm -hmm. no matter what it looked like, mm -hmm. I began to call him man of God. No matter what I saw, mm -hmm. no matter what it looked like, I began to confess the word over his life, mm -hmm. daily making confessions over his life. And then I began, when he come in, I'd say, hey, babe, what you want for lunch? What you want for dinner? You hungry? And I would just come in and just stay in the face of God and begin to see him not as the, the addict that most people saw him yeah. as, but the man of God that God had called him to be. And so I began to look at him as the man of God that God called him to be. Mm -hmm. And I began to look at him in the spirit instead of the natural. Mm -hmm. And so we just, I just stayed in prayer, stayed on my face, because there were times where I wanted to give up. Yeah. There were, I can't tell you how many times I said, Lord, I'm done. I'm done. Absolutely. The Lord said, I didn't tell you you was done. I had a, one, of my, one of my sisters could not stand Pastor Stan. Really? Because she knew. Right? Yeah, what was, what was cool. going on? Mm -hmm. She did not like my husband at all. Mm -hmm. And one day I, I was in the hospital, I had surgery, and got out. And she came over to help take care of me. Mm. And I told her, I said, I'm done. I'm divorcing him. I, that's it. I can't take it no more. She said, is that what the Lord told you to do? I told her, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I told her, get out, get out of my wow. house. But this is when I, I mean, I knew because sometimes we'll leave peop, uh, situations prematurely yeah. until the manifestation takes place. Mm. And if the Lord told me that this is my husband and he and he's taking, allowed me to go through this, mm -hmm. he's going to bring me through it. Wow. I knew that he was called. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I would get tired sometimes and mad sometimes. And I'd be like, I'm done, Lord. You better fix the thing. I'm done. Wow. And the Lord said, did I tell you you was done? Yep. He said, trust me. And so if I have to tell you what got me through it, mm -hmm. it was prayer. Mm -hmm. It was relationship with the Father mm -hmm. and just being obedient to what he had called me to do mm -hmm. in this. Mm -hmm. See, because he called me to be a wife. Mm -hmm. And with those come responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that's to be a covering mm -hmm. for my husband. Mm -hmm. And so my concern was not worried about if he was being the man of God or the husband that, that God had called him to be. Mm -hmm. My responsibility is to be who God called me to be. Because right. he told me, he said, shut up and you do what I tell you to do. Wow. That's my son. I got him. Wow. And sometimes that's the problem. We're so busy focused on what other people are doing instead of focusing on the assignment that God gave us. Yes. How did you get into the place where you built that relationship with God mm -hmm. and that you just fully trusted after being so broken, so hurt, going through the divorce, having kids. Right. How did you get to that place? I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. um, it, was a, it was a really simple thing to where, where the journey had started, where I had a nephew that I hadn't seen in 20 years mm -hmm. that came to live with me. And one day I came home and he was just gone. Mm. I don't clear blue, just left. Mm -hmm. And I had to, and I went on this journey. I said, Lord, I gotta find out why do I continue to go through this vicious cycle mm. over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to this lady who's a friend of mine still today, like a real good sister of mine, sister friend. Mm -hmm. And I called her on the phone one day. And she was on sabbatical, but she, she answered my call. Mm -hmm. 
And I went to her house one day and she showed me this paper. And she asked me to read this paper and tell me how much of that on that paper was me. Mm. And she had been going to this thing called Celebrate Recovery. Okay. And the thing that she had me read was so close to being a Christian, mm. such a thin line. And when I looked at the, because she folded the title over, she, she just wanted me to read mm. the questions. Mm -hmm. And when I flipped it over, it said codependent. And when I realized that those were the characteristics that I was carrying, that's when I said, okay, Lord, we got to figure, you got to figure this thing out and help me understand this. Because the thing that it says, it says to love your neighbor mm -hmm. as yourself. Mm -hmm. But we so busy loving our neighbor that we don't love us. Mm -hmm. So we busy, too busy trying to love on everybody else and take care of everybody else, mm -hmm. but that we can't really do it properly if we don't love ourselves first. Mm -hmm. So I began to do the thing again to where I would make the affirmations in the mirror every morning. Mm -hmm. Tell myself I love me. Then I began to say, to speak to myself and say, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I still do that today, mm -hmm. that I speak the word in the mirror to myself mm -hmm. every morning. Because mm -hmm. if you know, as you begin to, to speak something into somebody, after a while they believe it. That's right. You take two kids, you tell them they're stupid all their life, and the other one they smart, yep. the one gonna believe he's smart, the other one gonna believe he's stupid. Yep. And the Bible talks about speaking to yourself. Mm -hmm. So I began to speak to myself those things. And we end up, like I said, starting this ministry at night mm -hmm. with a, a lot of women that were addicted to drugs mm -hmm. and things like that. It was called Sisters of Deborah. Mm -hmm. And one night we did this chair exercise. Mm -hmm. And so the chair exercise was for you to sit in the chair. There was a chair across from you that was empty. And you were to talk to the person who hurt you. And so that particular day, I'm sitting on the floor because that was my spot at the meet. I always sat on the floor. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to talk to my husband. Talk to my pastor Stan. Because yeah. we got into an argument. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, no. Hmm. You're going to talk to your dad. Ooh. And I said, oh, no, I'm cool with my dad. We cool now, you know. Yeah. We good. Wow. And if I tell you when I begin to close my eyes and the Holy Spirit came on me and I began to speak to my dad mm -hmm. and things that I didn't even know or remembered came up mm. in that conversation mm. from out of me. Mm -hmm. I, I felt so free that I felt like I could jump off a building, and, don't nobody do this, yeah. and flap your arms. Because <laughs> wow. that's how free I felt. Yeah. So I realized then that sometimes, like well, I talked about how we just continue to suppress yeah. our feelings yeah. and don't never deal with that. Yeah. I had the opportunity to get those things out mm. because some people used to ask me over the years, talk to your dad. Yeah, but if I talk to him, mm -hmm. what am I expecting from him? Mm -hmm. Because all these years, I wanted my father to be proud of me. Mm -hmm. And if I expect him to give me what I think I need and he doesn't, it takes me either deeper into brokenness. Mm. So I have the opportunity to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to dig that thing up from the root, get it out of me. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me after I came out that chair. Mm -hmm. He said, for the next two weeks, I don't want you to talk to your father. He said, I want you to allow me to, no, two months, no, it was, it was two months actually. Mm -hmm. He said, I want you to allow me to pour into you because what will happen is if we pour those things out and there's nothing being poured into mm -hmm. us, we can become those same broken people by the same people that hurt us in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So he allowed, he, he ministered to me for months. The Holy Spirit just ministered to me the word, his love and those things. And it's so funny. 
I was working at uh, Verizon Wireless at the time, mm -hmm. and my father came up to my job, mm -hmm. and he began to say, I don't know what God you serve. And so I said, I, I know what God I serve. I respect you as my father, mm -hmm. and I love you. Mm -hmm. Because every time I would come across my dad and I would talk to my dad, I would always revert into that broken 13-year-old kid, mm. the one that wanted his love, yeah. the one that wanted his approval. Yeah. So I would always revert back to that person. Mm -hmm. But this particular day, you had healed. I had healed. Yeah. So I was able to talk to him as an adult, yes. as a healed woman, yes. but as his daughter, but still respected him right. as my father, right. but not looking for the approval. And I could tell you, the, I remember the day he told me one day that he was proud of me. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, so this is how that feels. Wow. It meant... It meant nothing because it was not something I was looking for. Mm. I wasn't looking the for the approval, the validation, right. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I was validated by my Heavenly Father. Yes. That he had become the father that I needed him to be. Wow. Yeah. And so that's where the oh, healing wow. process began. Yes. That's how I got out of the brokenness. Yes. Was able to just dig, allow the Holy Ghost to dig those things up from the, all the hurt, Oof. all the pain all the brokenness yes. and I was able to be able to talk about my situations mm -hmm. my circumstances mm -hmm. my father mm -hmm. without crying forgiveness had taken place because yeah. you say because here's the thing we don't choose our parents mm -mm. and we have to get to an understanding that we don't know what they've been through mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so we have to come to an understanding to even love them in spite of themselves right. and pray for their healing right. true forgiveness is when you can talk about it you can pray for that person and love them in spite of, because that's what God does with us. Yeah, we all got our stuff. Yes, still today. Yes, He said we all sin and fall short. Yeah, that's right. We miss it daily. That's right. But He loves us in spite of. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> this is so good. Um, and I mean, you just gave so many great gems in in what you just said, um, and. I know that there are so many women struggling in those areas, even myself, you know, I still struggle in, in different areas. Um, have you ever thought about doing anything with women and helping heal in those areas, you know, because those are like deep areas that people don't talk about. Yeah. And yeah. those are deep areas that really dictate your future and your life and how you navigate and how you move. Um, because from what I'm hearing, it was really, truly the Holy Spirit that yeah. that helped you. And, yes. <laughs> and that, you know, because I, I didn't hear a mentor. I didn't hear a therapist. I didn't hear a life coach. I didn't hear any of those things. But I heard the Holy Spirit. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's big and that's very, very powerful, like you said, to be able to talk about it and not cry and not break yeah. down because – still dealing with the hurt and, yeah. you know, those type of things. So have you ever thought about, you know, doing some type of conference for, you know, <laughs> something like that? <laughs> it's actually a great, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I have thought about doing a conference for it. I've, I've done a little bit of that with the wild women, you know, yes. women of worship at, at our church. Yes. Um, I've done that a little bit with them, but I would, I mean, I would love to get in depth with that, do a conference, how, you know, just waiting on the Holy Spirit yeah, again, well, well, you know, to mm -hmm. see what he would, what he would want me to do mm -hmm. because it's just so 
needed. It is. You know, we, we stay in hurtful relationships and situations too long mm -hmm. because we're not healed. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of us are still out there broken, and then we allow to um, unforgiveness mm -hmm. to, to, to handcuff us. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because forgiveness is truly for us, not for the other person. That's so true. You know, and then a lot of times we feel even in forgiveness that we have to sometimes confront. Mm -hmm. When, you know, recently I talked, I mean, a few minutes ago I talked about my daughter mm -hmm. that's going through the healing process. Mm -hmm. And the person, well, actually, she's doing amazing. Like, I would say she's healed. And the person that she asked to counsel her was me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was that was that was definitely uh something I have to say. Um, you know, in a conversation with her. She wanted um uh because of a lot of things, choices I made that were bad mm -hmm. choices. Mm -hmm. Bad. Mm -hmm. Um she asked me, she said, Mom, will you counsel me so that we can have a better relationship? Wow. And when she said that, I'm like Okay, Lord, what's going on here? Yes. <laughs> and so I told her yes. Um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit of this. The first session that we had, um, when she began to share with me, mm -hmm. because I've counseled women, mm -hmm. several women, mm -hmm. and she began to share with me, I had on the counseling hat. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. the life coach hat. Yes. And so when she began to tell me about the things that her mom did to her and this and the choices that her mom put this guy before her and Ooh. blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff, and her mom didn't keep her safe, and, and I'm like, oh, my God, her mom did this to her? And then I have to sit back and say, wait a minute. I'm her mom. I'm her mom. Mm. I did that. Mm. I hurt her. I didn't keep her safe. And so, I, and, and you're talking about her getting healing? Mm -hmm. Still, healing is still a process. Absolutely. And her getting counseled? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and, 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 I, and I had to take full responsibility mm -hmm. for what I did to her mm -hmm. and how I made her feel, yes. not keeping her safe. Yes. And so I said, I had to apologize to her and say, you know what? Please forgive me for not making, because see, here's the thing. True repentance is admitting everything that she just said. Mm -hmm. Please forgive me for not making you feel safe. Mm -hmm. Please forgive me for doing this. Please forgive me for doing this with no excuse. Yes. With no excuse. Yes. Because here's the thing. If I give you an excuse, then I'm justifying that what I did to you was okay. Absolutely. And it wasn't. Absolutely. And so the blessing behind that with her confronting the person that hurt her mm -hmm. is that I'm healed and able to give her what she needs. Yes. So this is why I don't recommend that you confront the person that hurt you because they may not be in that place mm -hmm. and they may not be able to accept and say that I did that to you. They might be in denial. Right. So then it takes you back a step. Mm. Yeah. This is but so good. God is so amazing. Oh, yes, yeah. he is. Especially because a lot of young women, a lot of young men, they are hurt by their parents. And like mm -hmm. you just said, if their parents don't even know right. that, you know, they, they did these things are not even ready to acknowledge it. Right. But you being in that space and going through those things and, and 
sharing with people, letting them know that it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, yeah. right? And and being on the other end of that because it's like, okay, God, what are you doing, right? <laughs> because you could have went to family therapy, right? right. And you could have <laughs> talked about that, but now you're the the counselor and like having that hat and separating. Like, I'm just amazed at what God has done in your life and how He is going to continue to use you, um, because again, there's so many people that need this yeah. right and and to understand that that healing can take place yeah it yeah. can take place can. I know so many people close to me that are going through these things yeah. you know with their children and it's like I just don't know how I just don't know where I just don't know but just yielding to the Holy Spirit and letting him work in you yeah. so that you can continue to get that healing and then that healing is passed down to your kids and you're breaking those generational yes. curses yeah. and having that mind shift of knowing we can heal together. Yeah. And it's going to be some things that are a little bit uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's amazing that, you know, God is working. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, because I see something so much bigger and greater. Um, just having this conversation and knowing it's needed. Um, but he, he already did the work with you, <laughs> right? And so having someone, and I'm a firm believer that in order for us to teach, sometimes we have to go through. Yes, yes. Because you really don't understand. But when you go through those things, then it's then much you, easier yeah. for you to teach. Um, this was so good. But, you know, this is the Signature Required Podcast. <laughs> and so we have to ask, um, you know, what is your purpose? I can be here all day. <laughs> and. I know we have so many listeners that yes. can listen and they've taken so many gems away, but um, what is your purpose in, in life? Uh, of course, this is probably sounds cliche, but just to, just to be obedient to what God has called me to do mm -hmm. to help mm -hmm. uh, broken women, mm -hmm. women that are lost, mm -hmm. women that went through or going through some of the things that I go through. And a lot of times we go through these things silently. And it's so funny that your book, Save Face, you know, we, we go in with the mask on, mm -hmm. you know, um, and especially believers, Christians, mm -hmm. you know, we walk around and we come into church and we put the mask on. Mm -hmm. And we a lot of times we don't have the opportunity to take those masks off. And so I'm believing God that he'll give me the platform or the opportunity mm -hmm. to be able to allow these women to take off the mask mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. really just get down and dirty about what they've been through, the brokenness and the hurt, and to allow God to be able to heal that brokenness, you know, because sometimes we feel like that we're in this thing alone mm -hmm. and we're not. Mm -hmm. There's somebody else out there that has gone. And I also believe in God that other women will be able to share yes. their story. Yes. Because there's some things that I haven't gone through mm -hmm. that somebody else may be going through. Mm -hmm. And so my thing is just to fulfill the purpose and plan of God and to watch people's lives be transformed mm -hmm. by God, mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just transformation mm -hmm. to take place. I yeah. love it. I love it. Well, tell people how they can find you, how they can connect with you. Um, even the prayer line has oh, been a oh my gosh. tremendous <laughs> blessing to uh, me. So, you know, the wow. things that you've started, and you know, you're so <laughs> humble, and I love it. Um, but it's needed. It's needed. So please, uh, you know, tell tell people how they can connect with you, you know, the prayer line. The prayer line. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, uh, you know, I, I, 
assist my husband in ministry at Worship Life Center Church, mm -hmm. uh, which is in Mesa, Arizona. Mm -hmm. That's 4930 East Main Street, uh, Mesa, Arizona, uh, 85205. Uh, we have a number. Our number is 480-605-7071. We do have services on Sundays at 9 a.m., and we also have our midweek service, which actually takes place on Thursday, which is a Thursday yeah. at 7 p.m. Uh, with Pastor Stanley J. Um, usually, sometimes we do have a wild service every quarter, Women of Worship. Uh, that's our women's ministry on Tuesday nights at uh, 6 p.m. Uh, we do have a prayer line that we have Monday through Friday. Oh, my God, it is fire. Yes, You've been it on is. there, Brittany. It is fire. Uh, we've we've yes. heard testimony after testimony. Yes. It's Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. That's Mountain Standard Time mm -hmm. from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. We let the Holy Ghost use us. Um, that number is 605-472-5740 with the access code of 917-835-POUND. It goes down on that prayer line. Um, also, well, I guess I'll let you uh, tell, tell that, huh? Well, yes, she has a project coming up that I'm so excited about. And just her sharing that small tidbit with me, um, I know it's going to bless many. So, you know, yeah. tell the people what you got coming out. Uh, so I do have a book coming out in yes. January. I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, it is called The Power of Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, those two little letters, are, the definition I've given them is orchestrated knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it's to help you to navigate through relationships, through conversations, in every aspect of your life. It's just saying the word okay. Mm -hmm. And what that does, because we talked about the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. is by me learning to say okay, is, is okay to whatever is going on to silence that thing right there at that moment mm -hmm. and shut it down mm -hmm. because what are you going to say after I say okay right. coming to agreement with that but also saying okay to the Holy Spirit to give you what to say mm -hmm. in that situation mm -hmm. yeah I love it yes I'm, I'm excited about it I am too I, I, I I'm am, really excited I am so excited <laughs> Well, you guys have all the information, um, 9 a.m. service, Thursday at 7 p.m. for Bible study. Um, they also can be found on Facebook. Correct? Yes, we do have Facebook, Worship Life Center Church Facebook. We also have a website, www.worshiplifecenter.org. Yes. Um, yes, and you can find us under Google. Yes. And we do have Instagram as well, uh, Worship Life Center Church and Instagram also. Awesome. Yeah. So. You guys know how to tap in. If you need prayer, um, please reach out. These are two phenomenal, phenomenal people of God. And I'm just so thankful um, to be connected to them. Um, definitely, there's going to be so much more to come. I have so many great <laughs> ideas, and we are going to put them um, out there and I know that you'll just be a tremendous blessing to so many women and so I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Signature Required podcast. Um, I'm your host Miss Brittany Renee. I am also a personal development coach and author um, and the Signature Required podcast is here to stay so please tune in, um, share, like, and subscribe and we'll see you all next time.